everybody, and thanks for tuning in to episode five of Happy Hour with the Three Guys. On today's show, we officially crack open utopias, we discuss homebrew hop schedules, net neutrality, and we might finally discuss the NFL national anthem controversy and whatever else we can come up with. Also, listen in to get a surprise beer review or two along the way. So, belly up to the bar, and here we go. Hello, everybody. I'm Dylan. I'm William. Two, <laughs> two of the members of the three guys settling back in for another fantastic sit down at the bar for happy hour. Yep, episode five. So if you made it this far, great. Thanks for joining us after the holidays. Um, got a lot to talk about today. Hopefully, we can get to it and not go over like we have done the past uh, couple episodes. Um, let's start out with something that we've been meaning to do for. <laughs> Two weeks, two, three, four weeks, something like that. I don't know how long I've had it, but we're going to talk about Utopias. Uh, because I'm ready to drink some Utopias, and I haven't even tried this year's yet. So uh, I'm going to let William hand it hand, hand, hand it over to William, and uh, I'm going to open this up. Yeah, this, this is the one, if you uh, haven't listened to some of the previous episodes, was greatly anticipated by those around the bar. And the blame went off to uh, Dylan's beer guy who uh, could not get his hands on it. And there was much disappoint in his voice whenever he talked about coming back empty-handed from his venture out to pick it up for us as he um, thumbs through the little leaflet that comes along with it. Yeah, I'm going to read a little bit while William gets a good whiff of it. Um, but uh, on, the, on the card that comes with it, uh, we get the standard spiel, if anybody's ever heard that. Um... As far as this one goes, let's see. Served at room temperature, this uncarbonated beer rivals the complexity and flavor of the world's finest port sherries and cognacs. Pour an ounce or two in a glass and note the aroma. Take a sip and enjoy as your taste buds revel in layers of flavors. Um, Utopias delivers a rare, unique beer drinking experience, and at 28% ABV, they can't even sell it in 13 states. This beer is unlike any other on the planet. It starts with the world's finest ingredients, including a blend of two-row pale malt combined with Munich, which is one of my favorite malts, and Caramel 60 to impart a rich ruby color. Uh, they use three varieties of hops, uh, all, all, all noble hops. They use Spalt, Hallertau, and Tetanang hops. Um, that adds to the complexity, all that good stuff. Um, during fermentation, several strains of yeast are used, and uh, to get that 28% ABV, they also use one that's typically reserved for champagne. Um, we're not going to get into the tasting notes, because we're just going to let you uh, go on that trip with us, but uh, I think I'm going to pour a little bit, because I'm excited. <laughs> Put my little card back on my shaft. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And once again, as, as he turns it up to pour it out, uh, as with all the Utopias, there's a limited edition number they print on the bottom of this one. 7,683 this year. Which is the one that we're holding. Yeah. Not, not overall. That's, huh? all, that's how many they made. Yeah, we got the last one. Sorry. This has a, this has a rich ruby color. Yeah, yeah. Um, something that I thought was pretty interesting, um, all the Utopias, if you've ever seen the bottles, they all have the little shutters on the front, um, with a picture of Sam Adams behind them, and they all, in, in except for the, uh, the 10-year anniversary that I had, um, this, they, they've all got Sam Adams in a picture, um, in, in the little shutters, and this one, he looks like a complete badass. On all the other ones, he's just holding a beer up, but on this one... Mr. Samuel Adams looks like a boss. He's got the he's got the arms crossed yeah. in front of the chest, like Mr. Clean type pose <laughs> going on there. Yeah, he, he looks kind of like a badass. There's something life. deep in that portrait's like, you're going to drink this. <laughs> yes, I am. You're not going to drink it? You're going to drink it. <clears throat> There's a pretty good chance, by the way, that I might lose my voice during this, because I'm fighting off a little, uh, a little throat pain right now. Yeah, I got a little sore throat, got a little itch in my throat. Um, hopefully I don't lose my voice, and if I do, I'm sure William can pick up the slack for me. Uh, yep. I'll just, <laughs> I will ramble on for, it'll work, it'll work. for the next 55 minutes, just seeing what falls out of the dark corners and the creepy, musty recesses of my brain. 
Um, just like all the Sam Adams Utopias, the lacing is huge. Uh, I mean, it, it coats the inside of your glass. Um, you do get that that alcohol nose, which I mean, if you're anybody that that has never had Utopias, think Scotch or bourbon or cognac or something liquor. Don't think about beer. Don't open it and think you're going to get some some smoke and some bubbles because you're not. It's I, not it's not carbonated. Amazingly, I, I I don't see any of the carbonation at the top of this one. <laughs> no, as, as I've been led to believe, yeah, no carbonation if you uh, beer funnel it into your throat. Um, which is the better of the two ends you can beer funnel into, really. There's a, there's a couple options, but I don't ever recommend doing anything other than the throat hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you have a sinus condition, it will clear you up. Should have had this last episode. <laughs> so I was sitting over here mouth breathing into the microphone trying not to suffocate. It smells uh. sweeter than I think the one a couple years ago did. <laughs> As uh, William coughs about it. <laughs> it. It has just enough of that alcohol to the nose. It gives me that, that slight wooga sensation, yeah, br- breathing yeah. it in. Which, I mean, uh, wooga's not always bad. No. W- wooga's just a kind of a natural thing when you're drinking a good liquor. So, The, the natural phenomenon of the wooga. It's <laughs> been studied, I think, at Princeton and uh, Yale. Yeah. Yes. High class. Yes. Yeah. Look deep into it. <laughs> what they find? I don't know. The, no. No, uh, the notes classified. The notes started off like pretty on the spot, just in there, like as you know, talking about the aromas, the reactions of the nose, and then towards the end of it, it just faded into scribbles about, man, do you ever think if we owned a bar, <laughs> we could just drink all the time? But yeah, the the color is a deep brown, brownish ruby color. Uh, the nose. Uh, I always get a lot of toffee uh, on the Utopias. Um, that's kind of something that that I've gotten with each edition. Um, this one smells smokier than I think the last one did. But uh, I'm gonna drink this bad boy. <laughs> you keep breathing it in. I'm I'm gonna put it in my mouth hole now. Ugh, so. Oh man, that is so much different than the year before last. Wow. That's um. It's it, that toffee and that caramel is taking a back seat, almost to something that I would get from a lambic. It's a sweet kind of tangy thing going mm-hmm. on. Um, maybe that's the port wine. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a sweet uh, fruity taste. Almost uh, maybe a combination of cherries and strawberries. Um, I tell you, maybe a little, maybe even a little citrus peel. Snozberries. I don't. I don't know if it's the snozberries. Snow. Okay. I don't. I don't think it's the snozberries. Yeah. Uh, when in doubt, it's always the flux capacitor. But yeah, that's wow. I didn't. I didn't. Ex- <laughs> that's how yeah. blown away he is right I, now. I did not expect that to taste so much different than the year before last. Um, the last edition. Uh, I've, I've had, um, this is the fourth one I've had, and the the previous three, even though they were all different a little bit, I think this one is the most different of the series that I've had. This one tastes completely different than the previous ones. Wow, that's, that's surprising and impressive. At the moment, I'm just sitting here, uh, as is usual in my life, thinking of a thing much later than I should have thought of the thing... But uh, if you go back uh, two podcasts to the uh, the third episode, whenever we started it off with a fifteen percent alcohol <laughs> by volume, and we just got a we got a little uh, too passionate about the topics by the end. We, yeah, we were pretty passionate. I, in that I was speaking in italics, <laughs> so now we're going to kick this one off with twenty eight percent because yeah. what could go wrong? Yeah, I mean, with extra thirteen percent alcohol by volume, it'd be great. It's gonna be a great podcast. And that's guys. how my brain works. It's like, oh, you've already drank the thing. Here's a thought you should have had about it. <laughs> it's gonna be great. We're gonna have such a good podcast today, folks. My brain only works in hindsight. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need. Which is probably why I failed my test to be a train conductor. <laughs> That's the best kind of hindsight. Yeah. Like, well, <coughs> shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, this is it's really good. Um, if I was going to compare the previous four, um, I would say this would be my second favorite. Uh, my first is still going to be the 10th anniversary because it's just... 
it's so smooth and and, and it, it's it's like a Werther's original spiked. Mm-hmm. It, it's caramel and toffee, and the tenth anniversary was was very very good. Um, the second and third almost could be interchangeable for me. This one stands apart, and um, this one is, is definitely at least my second favorite. At least my second. At favorite. least your second. <laughs> yes. I I think I think my favorite one is always going to be the the first one we actually had, mm-hmm. be, because it was a unicorn for us for so long. It was yeah. something that we'd heard of and could not find, and uh, at the time it was actually very difficult to get our hands on oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember the the day you bought it, I actually got a picture <laughs> message from the parking lot of the store where you picked it up from your truck. I broke my uh, pants. Yes. <laughs> My <laughs> wife also broke something, but that was because she... Uh, okay, here's a little inside story that not too many people know. Um, every time I would go to the liquor store, just kind of as a running joke, I would always say, Hey, do y'all have Utopias? Hey, do y'all have Utopias? They never had Utopias. So my wife, who had been with me for, at that point, um, a couple years, uh, she was used to this little thing that, that I did with the liquor store. Well, this time, I walked in, was checking out. Hey, do you have Utopias? Uh, yeah, we do have a bottle. My wife left the store and went outside. She said, I knew what you were about to do. I was not going to watch you do it. She just turned and, she and just left. walked yeah, away she from just, She just left. She wasn't mad, but she just couldn't see me part $200 for a bottle yeah. of beer. Um, incidentally, this one was actually $30 more than the first one I bought. They are raising the prices. I'm kind of miffed that they're not giving away free stuff anymore because with the first one, um, well, the first one I had, with the 10th anniversary, they gave away glasses, and they had done that previously. Uh, They gave away Sam Adams' Utopia's glasses. And then the next edition, um, I believe believe it was the 10th anniversary and the next one, they came with free glasses. They had a code for a free glass. And then the next one had a um, Utopia-soaked cigar, and um, now I guess they're they're not doing free stuff anymore. Um, for whatever reason, I would say for $230, you could probably throw me a free glass. But, I mean, that's all I'm saying. As far as that goes, um, we've been talking about this long enough. We should probably move on. That's why but... Sam's posted up on the front of the bottle. I told you we going to drink it. <laughs> um, that said, definite thumbs up for me. Um, is it worth the price? Uh, I paid it. I'm always going to pay it, whether it's awful, trash water or not, just because it's it's kind of a tradition at this point now. Um, is it worth the price? Yes, because I'm okay with buying a $200 bottle of liquor, a $200 bottle of scotch. I'm okay with spending that for something that's going to last me a few years. Um, I've got I've got a 30-year-old bottle of scotch in there. It costs a lot of money. Still had it. Still, still have it over over however many years I've had it. So, I mean, that's that's just me. Is it worth it to me? It's worth it to me. Is it worth the hype? I think it is. Now, I was actually just talking with uh, uh, a fellow drinker, not but a day or so ago, and they brought up the Utopias. Mm-hmm. And whenever they heard that it was that much for a bottle, they were thinking twelve ounce standard yeah. bottle, and they were blown away by it. Which uh, it is a little bit larger, so it does help absorb a little bit of the blow of the cost on yeah. that one. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, what is it, every two years? Every two years. Every two years. It's, it's not so that, you know, it's not something that's just going to be constantly there mm-hmm. and available. And it's also not something I would, you should, I would not recommend drinking this in just one or two sittings. It is no, something you'll come back and revisit. Um, so, and I mean, if you've got the people, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to tell anybody that it's worth going and, and spending by yourself, but if you got a group of guys that want to try it, split that cost. Um, after you drink a glass of it, then y'all can fight over who actually gets to keep the bottle. Worry about that after it's empty. Um, but no, um, yeah, definitely split it. You need to try it at least once, even if you, you have to go to a bar that, happen to have, for whatever reason, happens to have it. Um, just get a little shot of it. And or, don't, don't shot it. Sip it. Yeah, or, you know buy a raffle ticket at a local grocery store. God, I hope they don't do that. <laughs> I do not want this to be the last I, one I can buy. I'm just going to keep referencing back to old podcasts, hoping people have listened to them. If you haven't, you need to. Yep. See, now you got to go back to episode one and catch back up, because this is just going to be a lot of references. 
And uh, also, hey. We're like an, an ongoing TV series. Uh, another good one. Go back to episode uh, one, the first happy hour we did, where we talked about, you know, is craft beer prices worth the, the beer you get out of it? And we had a big, long uh, discussion mm-hmm. on that one, um, which I'm not going to bounce back into now. Go back, re-listen. Well, actually, we are, because the next topic I've got written down here is related to beer costs, beer shortages, artificial shortages created by the brewery. Um, talking about Sam Adams Utopias and how rare it is. Another one that just got released, um, I want to say last week, uh, Bourbon County Stout by Goose Island. It's a hugely popular series. Is there a segue we're not going to fall into? Well, you know. <laughs> um, but no, it's a hugely popular beer. They've been doing it for years. And uh, this year actually has seven different editions of it, which is up from the four from last year. And I believe last year they had to recall some because they had had an infection in the bottles. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) he's got the wugga from the Utopias. Yes. Um, Got that cold, pleasing shiver right (laughs) down the middle of your spine. But (laughs) um, there are seven different versions of of Bourbon County Stout this year. There's the the, uh, Bourbon County Stout. They've got a coffee stout. They've got a barley wine. They have got uh, one called Northwood Stout, which is a blueberry and almond um, combination. They have the Proprietor's Stout, which is almost like Bananas Foster, supposedly. Um, they have the Bourbon County Reserve Barley Wine, which is aged two years. And they also have the um, Bourbon County Stout Reserve aged in 11-year-old Knob Creek bourbon barrels. And um, Knob Creek. Knob Creek. Hey. Um... So, I mean, that said, um, they get a lot of flack because they they create an artificial shortage with their supply. Um, I, I don't I don't think they should. I don't. The reason I, I don't. It's just it's it's a lot for me to process. I guess in my brain, um, it's it's different for me with a sour, a really good aged sour, or a good lambic um, that takes five plus years to develop. That's something that at the at the first mistake could be a year, two years, three, five years work, five years worth of work wasted um, at, at the drop of a hat, the slightest infection, anything um, can can just ruin the entire process. And um, I, I I I don't think it's. I mean, it, yeah, you can get infections and whatnot in in the stouts, but um, I don't think they should artificially create a shortage because i mean people go to the stores in droves uh to pick up this and there's lines it's like black friday for alcoholics basically um i i mean i I don't think they should create artificial shortage if it's a legit shortage and they only had this much because they didn't have the space or they didn't have the barrel or they didn't have this or that that's different but this is goose island it is a brewery backed by anheuser-busch there is no shortage that could happen here. There is no lack of space. There is no lack of ingredients. Um, there's nothing here that should be creating these shortages other than being able to pay more for these bottles, to put a bigger price tag on these bottles. And um, they're good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't like the, the shortage. I, what you got to add to that? I, I was just busy fetching a beer. It's <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I guess yeah, that's all we're going to say about I mean, that. yeah, it's, I have nothing to add to that. It was great, and I now also have another full beer in well, front of me. So you. I think we all win on that win, one. Win-win. Because um, there's no shortage here at the happy hour bar. No. Um, plenty on tap around here. Um, let's talk about hop schedules. Hop schedules. Hop schedules. Yes. Um, I always look forward to the 730 hop coming through. You can hear it coming around the bend. I hear the hop coming <laughs> It's yeah stuff. Well, we just ran out of steam fast on yeah, that one. Yeah, but enough hop oil in that burner. Um, so yeah, um, I've been doing a lot of research on this, and uh, I've mentioned before that I homebrew uh, William brews mead at home. Um, so he's kind of familiar with the process. He doesn't use hops. Uh, he should. He should make a hopped mead. That ooh, I, no, 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 ooh, no, no. I've heard of him. I think you should. I think it'd be great. Um, well, see, I'm, I guess you could. I guess you could introduce hop at the same time you'd introduce spices to make a spice mead. But well, yeah, I mean, that, just like dry hopping. Yeah, it, you the, you could get a, a real earthy, if like if you're adding some spices and you wanted a, a more 
um, organic tasting mead. You could you could dry hop with a. I, say, I guess like a deep English hop. Maybe. Yeah, you could use some uh, some UK um, <laughs> golding hops. You could uh, maybe some saws or tetanang or. Anyway, um, adder, ooh, adding, adding a bitter to that one. Just, I think this way. I think we need to do this now. Hey, well, hey, I've done. I got the shit. hops. Yeah. I got the hops for you. Um, but no, uh, last week we did the. Uh, well, actually, the week before last because we we took a, a break for the holidays. Um, but uh, last last episode we um, we drank a dogfish head that had no hops added until after the boil was complete, and um, that that actually. That stuck with me really hard. Really did got me deep. It got me thinking, and I started doing some research. And there's some <laughs> other brewers out there. Yeah, right? that joke writes itself. Well, you know. Got you, got you thinking hard. And got, got you got deep. Me, got me hard and deep. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I did some research, and there are some other brewers out there that have been experimenting with different hop schedules, and um, they were finding that they were getting. Basically, to make this an easy conversation, I've already kind of hashed this a little bit with William. Uh, to make this an easy conversation, um, it's possible that if you're at, if you if you do a 60 minute boil and you add bittering hops at the traditional 60 minute time for the ultimate bittering power, because um, the longer you boil a hop, the more bitter it's going to be. Basically, up to like 150 degrees in the chill, you're still getting bittering agents in that from that hop. So it's possible that for another 30 minutes after you kill the heat, you're still getting bitter agents, bitter compounds from those hops. So a 60-minute boil with 60-minute hops, you could be getting basically 90-minute hop levels. So um, I really, I think I'm going to kind of dig into this a little bit more, and I think the next time I brew, I'm going to uh, add everything 40 minutes later and, uh, and see if I cannot replicate something similar to the results that Dogfish Head had because I still cannot get over uh, how how just fresh and juicy and, and, and hoppy that beer tasted without being overpowerful. O- overpowerful? Is that, a, is that a thing? Overpowering? Overpowering, I guess. Uh, overpowering bitter uh, bitter levels. Over strong power, power strong. Over, over bitter strong level hop. Power. Power. Strong. Strong. Um, Big. So yeah, that's just kind of a little update there. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I know you don't have anything to add to yeah, that. Yeah, so well, I mean, uh, <coughs> to bring it down, because I know we do have a, a at least a, for now a small handful of people who aren't who aren't really into home brewing. They're not really into the the sciencey mad uh, mad scientist lab experiment side of it. The kind of layman term that what you're talking about is thinking about like sort of steeping a tea. Even though you're done with the boil, that hop stays in there, and you're still getting extra bitter out of there, like you would as if you left a uh, tea ball or a tea bag in the water that's still warm. Should so, I make an immature joke about tea bagging? Yeah, I, I, there was a pause in there because I started to, <laughs> I started to make myself giggle. I'm like, no, be professional, keep walking on tea. I said tea bag, but that's that's sort of where you're going with that one. Is it still? seeping out into the brew itself it's getting more bitter when you don't intend for that bitter to be getting in there right okay so now now uh now that i painted a small analogy i appreciate yes that. you cleared I, that up I, for all of our listeners i done did you done did it good i, I, I done did good oh must be round uh what is it three now <laughs> two count rounds oh man if anybody's wondering i just opened up one of those dogfish head beers which I'm actually going to try this time because I can breathe out of my nose again. Which, uh, yeah, last time I was just uh, I was just putting beer in my face hole for effect more than anything because I was not experiencing the beer. Yes. Lord Almighty, you, you pour and prim a beer like a beautician <laughs> on a beehive. I love what lady. we do, man. <laughs> I love what we do. Um... Were any of those Rick and Morty jokes? Because that was going to be my next segue. Uh, no, I could probably try to work one or two in. Though. Uh, no, I'm kind of frustrated with the whole Rick and Morty thing, so uh, let's just avoid that. Love Rick and Morty. Well, see, that's the thing. Everybody does. And yeah. I guess I'm just a dirty hipster, because I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tired of their popularity. I'm tired of this Szechuan sauce bullshit. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of seeing them all over Reddit. I'm tired of them 
I'm so tired of Rick and Morty. Well, see, I, I don't do the Reddit, so I'm safe from all of that. And I can, Maybe. I, I have a protective little bubble with the things I love. I don't... I don't really expand out into a lot of the interwebs when it doesn't pertain directly to this show. I just kind of manage this. I go to the Rick and Morty show. Yo, I, I think I right think it, I think it would ruin it for me because <laughs> that's just it. Is like I saw the Szechuan sauce reaction it had, and it was great at first, but and then people swooped in and made it way too big, and they ruined it. Like uh, originally, you know, like McDonald's actually sent two gallons to the guys who uh, created Rick and Morty. Because they, they brought it back just as a fun little joke, and it caught life online. And uh, there was a petition to bring it back to the stores. Well, McDonald's actually sent two gallons of it to the guys from Rick and Morty. Uh, as far as I understand it, they kept one gallon. I think they kind of distributed it amongst the staff. And they auctioned the other one off for charity. What is such? Is, is it uh, is teriyaki and it's, something yeah. mixed? What is it? Is it ketchup or mayonnaise? I, or? I really don't know. Huh. Uh, yeah, you can actually get online because they released the recipe for it. And there's a bunch of clone recipes now, almost like for beer clones that you get on homebrewing sites. But if they'd have stopped it there, if that would have been it, that's a that's a pretty good story. And uh, <coughs> I, if I remember right, I think they actually raised a couple thousand for that gallon and all for charity. Good story could have ended. And then independently, uh, not with any communications or working with anybody from Rick and Morty, McDonald's decided they were going to do a limited release mm -hmm. of the Szechuan sauce. Now, when they said limited, man, they meant limited. Because some stores that they advertised were getting it back got as many as 20 packs. Yeah, it's soy sauce and ketchup. Yeah. And then, of course, onion powder and all that crap. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, but the, some stores got like seven packs some stores got as many as 20. That was like the high end. 20 of the little bitty cups of it. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, people were lining up for this thing. And much as with a lot of the things I love, people ruin it. <laughs> like, there's the videos, that, you know, people jumping up on McDonald's counters. Yeah. And, and it's just, it, it was it was kind of fun. And it was a community thing. And there's always just some dick who's got to take it too far. Like, oh, this is going to be funny. Ha ha, I'll make a big scene. And now, I like I, the Szechuan sauce thing's dead to me because unfortunately I was exposed to them ruining it. And as much as I like the show, I'm too scared to get on a fan site because I think it would tank the show for me. Well, I mean, that's something that I think needs to be, I don't guess there's really anything I was going to say needs to be addressed, but there's nothing we can really do about it. Mm. But, I mean, sometimes the fan base ruins things. Mm. It's like the Philadelphia Eagles. Their mm. fan base is rotten. Mm. And uh, that's, I'm a Cowboys fan, yeah. so I can say that. Um, so, I mean, it, sometimes the fan base just kills something. And, and the Rick and Morty fan base is just, they're poisonous. Yeah, that's why, that's why I keep myself safe from it. I won't go to fan sites. I won't go into, like, uh, subreddits or threads or anything. I don't want to because I'm afraid. It'll, I keep myself in a protective little bubble where I can just like the thing I like. <laughs> And yeah, it's that's just it. Is they they tend to take it just too far. Mm -hmm. What happened to just you like a thing? I like a thing. Let's just like the thing. Or, you know, wear a t-shirt about the thing. You don't have to make a big grandstand of it. Yeah. Like uh, not it wasn't too long ago. I found a, a remix of the theme, and that's all it was. It's just a remix of the theme. They didn't peddle anything. They just hey, I did this. It's a thing. If you like the thing, you like it. And that's my safe little bubble I want to stay in. <laughs> which which I'm, I'm just so glad South Park, South Park fans didn't go there. Because if they ruined that for me, I... Would... Well, I think South Park kind of missed that train. Yeah. I think they came out long enough ago that they kind of missed social media. And uh, they've been out long enough that they have their established fans. They're not really picking up any new fans. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're popular, but they're not... They don't have. They're not new, and they don't have this social media backing that Rick and Morty does. Also, I think South Park fans are like just literally too snarky to get involved <laughs> with that. Good, like we. That's why I like, like South Park. Like the own, than I do Rick the and own Morty. ironic humor of the fact that we would do it prevents us from doing it. <laughs> like we would not want to be at you know one of the topics that they get blamed for. And that's like I said. If they ruined South Park for me, I would lose a, one of my reasons to live. <laughs> Uh, speaking of um, 
reasons to live and uh, snarky and safe little bubbles. Um, my next topic is uh, couples combined Facebook profiles. Oh God! <laughs> I I what do you I, think about? That? I hate that so much. It, I'll give one free pass. Is if it's an older couple who combined kind of understand Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll give uh, you I a can, pass. I can. Yeah. I can get behind that. If you both get how it works, it's it's not cute. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Facebook was just for college kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, then now it's opened up to... I actually learned about Facebook in college. Yeah. yeah. But I was a hipster, and I was like, no, nah, man, I'm just going to stick with my MySpace. <laughs> How'd that work out? Uh, I have a Facebook now. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I remember whenever I kept telling you, get on Facebook. Nobody uses MySpace, because I had abandoned MySpace about I, a year I, before I, you did. I hung on. Yeah. I hung on, um, like... Yeah, like deep into Facebook popularity, I was still updating my uh, MySpace wallpaper. But I got I got a Facebook because uh, my girlfriend at the time um, kept begging me to get on get on Facebook, and and I, I I held off, and then finally I just I started one just to make her shut up, and I never <laughs> used it, and I had it for like two years before I was like, oh yeah, I've got a Facebook. Let me log in and actually start doing things with it. Um, so yeah, but no, I just I think what annoys me the most about it. Is you go to you, you're on your feed and you see a post, and you don't know who is posting it. Yes, and that, it just really irks me. That's what bothers me the most. I actually, I have relatives where he and his wife have a shared profile, and every now and then, like one of them, maybe it is a collective. Maybe they get together and decide what they'll comment on, which is. If that's what it is, I'm glad I'm not in that that's house. That's kind of sad, yeah. But, no, like, they'll they'll comment on a post, or even worse, they'll say hi on Messenger. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to. Yeah. Like, the last thing I want to do is, you know, respond to his wife, hey, dude. <laughs> you know. And then it's even worse when I say, oh, well, this isn't him. It's, well, then why did you say hi? I mean, it, it kind of makes you wonder why. I mean, whose idea was that? Was it kind of a... <laughs> A display of unity for the husband to try to like show the wife how much he cares that they're they've combined bank accounts now they're combining Facebook yeah, because no, let, is is that what it is? Let, let me strike a match because I'm bring some heat on me. It's a woman's idea. <laughs> it's it's the woman's idea. And, so it's a trust issue. And if it was the guy's idea, he's doing it because he thinks it was the woman's idea. <laughs> My question is, what happens if you break up? Who gets the Facebook account? Oh man, that that goes to court. Do you, I, do you I, have to I swear that? to God, there has in the past had to have been a case, a case in court about who got the Facebook account. That would not blow my mind one bit. It has to be I, right up there with who pays what in alimony and who gets weekend custody of the kids. That's on there. There was a legitimate court case where a couple had all, their entire Beanie Baby collection brought into the courtroom and they physically divvied it up between them. So it. It is a sad statement that I can fully accept. I'm very Facebook open-minded, account. and I can't imagine a guy being that involved in Beanie Babies for that to be, unless it was for money. And this had to have happened 20 years ago because they're not worth the shit they're made with now. I it, it had to be a long time ago because the picture I saw of it it was unless they just hung on to like 90s clothes a little too long. <laughs> My but, um, my sister. But what you don't Beanie get is those actually. tags were in pristine condition, well, you I, dick. Yeah, I'm, that, my sister had Beanie Babies, uh, like expensive ones, like the Princess Di Beanie Babies. She had the oh. Beanie Babies, and uh, I remember she had an offer for somebody to buy them, and she didn't sell them. She's like, "No, oh, they're just going to go up in value," and now they're not worth a Walmart sack. <laughs> and um, it, it it's just, I guess it just goes to show you. And I, I mean, I, I'm not completely innocent to things like that. I collected basketball. They did. I cannot talk today, yeah. folks. I collected basketball cards back in the day, and uh, I had a very impressive collection. Yeah. Still do. And uh, actually, they're not worth still, shit yeah, anymore. I still have. Oh. You saw it not too long ago. I, what, I have like 30 pages of the cards yeah. that I still have. Yeah. But uh, it this a weird moment of self awareness just fell on me. Uh, it's 2017. And there's at least two people listening to these words right now, completely confused what the hell the Beanie Baby thing <laughs> really was. Like, we're yeah, we're old enough old. We're that old. we are in tune with the Beanie Baby craze, 
Somebody right now is going, I don't know what the hell those old assholes are talking about. I was, be, beanie whaties? They're I, little. They're basically Pokemon with little beans in them. Yeah. If, if a Pokemon and, uh, and a beanbag chair yeah. had a three-dimensional child. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good analogy. Right? I think the only thing out of that entire craze that is still worth anything was Jimmy Kimmel as Carl Malone making a phone call about Carl Malone wanting Beanie Babies. <laughs> that's the only thing that still has value. That's it. Carl Malone wants Beanie Baby. That's Shaq or Carl? No, that was Carl Malone. Is that Carl? Carl Malone. Sounded like Shaq. Carl Malone is willing to pay a price for Beanie Baby. <laughs> Carl Malone wants Beanie Baby. And he could. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that's the only thing. You know what? If you don't know what I'm looking at, just YouTube. Carl Malone wants Beanie Babies. <laughs> it's it's worth the. Three You're welcome, Jimmy. Your you may have a whole like three extra <laughs> views this week. Oh, 18 cents. Ching, you're wow, welcome. they get paid a lot. Uh, yeah, because much more than we do. When you get to that level, sponsors actually have to no. fight for getting on your YouTube channel. At ours, we just beg anybody yeah. to advertise. Please, please, <laughs> don't be offended. We mean good. Yeah, we do good work. Which is a good time to let you know that uh, this episode is brought to you by Wong's Prostate Pills. It Man, can't I'm be. I'm gonna have to Photoshop it, that for the next review. Yeah. If you flow when you go, it can't be Wong. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. Um, speaking of weird shit. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I, I, I told you, whatever just I, falls out of my brain. Yeah, I, I don't have a segue for that. We're just going to move on because that was that took a turn. I um, finally found one you can't stumble into the next topic <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, you did a, good. You yeah. did good. Um, it only took me five episodes to get to this point. Um, this particular topic has been on the board for quite a while, uh, a couple weeks two, three weeks, something like that. And um, we, we've kind of held it off for time limits and because I think we might just go on a tirade about it. But uh, apparently that's what some of you people want to hear. So we're going to do that. Football kneeling during the National Anthem. Oh, we're doing this now. Oh, we're doing this now. We're, we're barely halfway even, this, through. Oh, this isn't even the serious topic that I have oh, later. Oh, hell beans. All right. <laughs> well, make sure I got a full beer for this one. There you go. So what do you think about football kneeling? All right. So I guess it's time we just show our cards and see who's going to piss off who on this one. <laughs> but, and I, you know what? Screw it. No, no sugarcoat. Straight into the heart of it. I fully support it. Okay. I honestly do. And whether you... I And this just goes to a deep belief I have. You damn dirty liberal. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. If you just now figured that out. <laughs> But no, it goes to a deep-held belief I have, and that is whether you, and I include myself, you or I agree with a stance a person has, takes a back seat to supporting their right to have it. Now, uh, I will admit I'm disgusted in the past few months how they've morphed in the main narrative of it, what it's supposed to be. Is I mean, that, that's a big thing. It used to actually, it, it was one or two or a handful of people that, that were protesting some behavior from certain people. Yeah. And you, you can, whether you like him or not, you can say that all I mean, Trump politicized it. Yeah. And whether he did or didn't mean to, it became a distraction from something else he mm. was doing. Um, but he is the one that got everybody looking at yeah. it. It wasn't a big deal until he got everybody involved. So, you know, like and I said, once you bring attention to a thing, mm -hmm. people instinctively pick a side to it. Rick and Morty. Yeah, there you go. There's a segue. Oh, it was a little late, but there it was. But no, that that is my thing. Is um, if you really kind of go back to the seeds that started this one, and we all know it was Colin Kaepernick that began this. Mm -hmm. And originally, I guess he, we could have a spinoff on whether or not he's being. Not well. He's a free agent on purpose, and whether they're anyway, we can we can do that some other time. I, I can go real quick on that one. <laughs> if, if he wouldn't have thrown eighty interceptions that season, he'd still be a quarterback. Yeah, but that's yeah. beside. I mean, if you're going to make that big of a statement, you better gun it. Controversial or not, if you're a good quarterback, you're going to get signed. Yeah. If you're an awful quarterback, you're not going to get signed. Yeah. You could step on a puppy on yeah. the fifty yard line, and if you're throwing touchdowns and winning Super Bowls, you're going to get signed. Yeah. If you're, you know, so there's that little bonus tidbit for you. If you're 25, 26 for 200, that puppy should not have gotten in your way. I mean, just 
everyone will just be thankful you didn't roll your ankle when yeah. you stepped on because it. every sponsor that leaves you you're still going to have two sponsors wanting to come back right. to the winning team yeah. but no as it, it really it began with Colin Kaepernick uh-huh. sitting out the national anthem mm-hmm. sitting on the bench to protest a systemic problem in our country with the fact that agree or disagree disproportionately minorities seem to have a harsher time with law enforcement and the way they're treated and the way they're sentenced. And he sat it out to bring awareness to it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, yeah, I think it was only two or three games where he actually sat on the bench. and I think he, yeah, he eventually started to just kneel. Yeah. Uh, he actually, there was another NFL player who's a U.S. Uh, military veteran who talked to him about it. And literally what he told him was, I respect your right to peacefully protest, but it's disrespectful to the anthem to sit. Well, see, and they talked about it, and he, that's when he actually began to kneel for it. Because it's a, it is a more respectful way of protesting. Keep in mind, these guys aren't shouting. They aren't up running around. They're not yeah. muttering obscenities. They are quietly and peacefully taking a knee to bring awareness to something. Fast forward, it's now kind of been morphed into the, well, this is disrespectful to the troops and the veterans where at the root of this entire thing had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, I Like I said, is whether you st- stand on the side of you support the protest or you disagree with the protest, I will stand up for your right to protest. Just like the dicks in Charlottesville mm-hmm. who had their little powwow of you know white superiority and all of that. I in no way agree with what they were saying but I will defend their right to peacefully. Please, peacefully there was yeah. the big exception to that one. But if it had been a peaceful demonstration and all that, that is your right. And like the uh, American Civil Liberties Union said, I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Right. And that's where I stand. So, yes, I support the protests because I support your right to do it. Now, there was one player not too long ago, and um, I don't remember his name, and even if I did, I wouldn't bring it up because I wouldn't want to bring attention to it, who was stretching and warming up during the anthem. Now, that one I don't get behind. Yeah, A peaceful and quiet protest, that's your right, and I will stand up for your right to do it. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the military uh, because I wanted, to, I wanted to talk on that. Um, every person that... I have talked to about it with or seen talking about it to the media or wherever. Um, Every person that's in the military supports it. They don't support the act of the protest and, and, and the disrespecting of the flag, if that's even what it's about. What they support, they say, well, I don't agree with it, but I fought in a war for these people to be able to protest. And that's every single... I'm sure there's there's some military folks out there that don't agree with it, but every person that I have personally seen has said, yeah, that's that's what I'm fighting for. That's what I want people... That's a protest. That's a right. People can peacefully protest. And whether you agree with it or not, you can't... I mean, why are you going... Yeah, you, you may not like the guy that's doing it, but that's his right. It's... I think that brings up a bigger question and one that uh, I'm going to toss out and I hope everyone listening will get back to us on this one and what your feelings are on this one. If you you serve, especially for those who have served, and you uphold the values that say you have the right to this, if you don't use that right, is that not a bigger offense than using that right in a way that you know may be frowned upon? If you say, hey, you know, I served and I put my life at risk and I, have, for my lifetime, have upheld the Constitution to say you have the right to peacefully protest. And then you say, well, I have the right, but I better not do it. Yeah. Is that not worse? Well, so that's, I mean, that's like if you don't agree with, with who was elected. Mm-hmm. People, people were on Facebook, and even though whenever previous administrations were in power... Mm-hmm. They, they they were all for protesting and, and doing whatever they could mm-hmm. do to get certain people out. And now they've completely flopped to the other side. And, and this goes, this is both sides. This is bipartisan. This happens with both sides. But now they have flopped to say, why are you protesting? Yeah. If you don't like them, leave. Yeah. 
well, it, it, no, that's not what America's built on. America's built on a gigantic fucking protest. Yeah. I mean, we were born out of rebellious yes. opinion. I mean, that's that's what we're there for. And you, then you've got the same people that are that are wanting people to be able to keep keep certain amendments. And well, I mean, that's their right. Mm. You don't want to infringe upon their rights to have guns, mm. for example. So why are you infringing on people's rights to protest something as simple as a peaceful protest? Mm. Um, and actually, Pittsburgh was one of the teams that said, "No, we're not in this at all. We're going to stay in the back. We're not going to do anything." And and then they got shit all over by a bunch of their fans by saying, well, they're protesting. They won't even come out to the field. So, wait, it's better to sit in the back and let everybody do what they want to do and, and have the whole team possibly standing up, heart over their hands. Excuse me. Heart over your hands. Yeah, man, I'm in it. That, I'm, I'm that in team it. ain't going to play well. <laughs> but uh, heart, heart, oh, man. Yeah, that's over, Ooh, yeah. yeah. If uh, your heart's over your hand. Have I mentioned Utopias today? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, hand over their hearts. You don't know if the whole team did that back there. They mm-hmm. just they just didn't do that on camera. You don't know what they were doing. Why are you completely boycotting a team now because they stayed in the back to just so they didn't want to bring attraction. They didn't want to publicize. Yeah. Publicize. That yeah, would, that would be the one. Well, it's great you brought that up because <laughs> until a few years ago, at a football game, the teams stayed in their locker rooms. Yeah. It was all yeah. pregame. Well, I mean, and that's, that's a big thing. Now they're saying that they should be fired or fined or something should happen because uh, it's a breach of contract to not go out and do what they're told yeah. to do. And the NFL has said, no, there's no rule saying they will yeah. get in trouble if they don't. Yeah, 10 years ago, if you went to an NFL event, when they played the anthem, neither team yeah. was on the field. Yeah. They were still in the locker room doing their pregame. I mean, I, I think it just all boils down to nowadays everybody is going to find something to be pissed off about. Yeah. And I, 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 I would like to, there to be some sort of social study about why that's happened. Why have, why have things changed to the point that everything pisses everybody off? And speaking of pissing people off, let's talk about net neutrality. Uh, yeah, okay. Pissed already? <laughs> when talking about you. Yeah. Um, for anybody that does not know what net neutrality is, um, I'm going to put this in simple terms. Let's say you have Time Warner, Spectrum Internet, and you go to Facebook 10 times a day. You spend about two minutes on it. Everything loads nice and dandy. Um, Then you move, and now you have Comcast. But uh, you don't purchase the Facebook uh, add-on for Comcast, so now it takes twice as long to get to Facebook, twice as long to scroll through everything, three times, four times, ten times longer for a video to load. Um, how w- Would you be okay with that? No. Uh, Netflix, same way. Let's say that you have Comcast and you don't want to purchase the Netflix speed booster uh, through Comcast. Well, now your Netflix is going to show 480p, maybe, instead of the 4K that you're paying for, the 1080p that you're paying for. Um, there And there's a million other examples. Those are just two big ones. Um, Amazon. Say you wanted to purchase something on Amazon, been seeing it months after months and been thinking about it and setting aside money to buy this thing on Amazon and now it takes you hours to get through Amazon. You're back to dial-up speeds. Would that be okay with you? Seriously, would that be okay with you listeners? Would it be? No, that's stupid. It goes even grander than that as far as like them being able to charge, you know, unreasonable prices for it. It actually goes further out of your hands where if, say like Dave's Movie Hut pays off your internet provider for the better connection, the better bandwidth to it, and Netflix doesn't match them or Netflix says we're not going to pay, well, now Netflix is moving at old-school dial-up speed, but Dave's Movie Hut, with all of the 80 mm-hmm. movies they have, boom, you're right there on them, and yeah. you can't buy a yeah. upgrade package. Yeah. What, what, what if there's not an option? Yeah. Uh, what, what is that going to do for... Uh, for people that are that are all about capitalism, what's that going to do to Netflix? Because if Dave's Movie Hut has got better speeds, better picture quality, better movies than Netflix, people are going to start leaving Netflix and going over here. How is that free trade? How is that free capitalism? And I mean, it, it's a real world possibility. What if Dave's just absolutely doesn't have? What Netflix has, what if but they Dave got the- is owned by NBC, which also happens to be own, or uh, owns Comcast. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying this. You know, you say, "Hey, I really want to watch this next season." And Dave's like, "No, we're not going to pay for that." 
Mm-hmm. And all you really have an option for is Dave's now. Mm-hmm. You can't watch the things you want. You can't buy an upgrade package. You can't bleed out your own pocket for it because your pocket can't match that level. So that little rant is um, an example of what can happen if net neutrality falls. Um, that I, I honestly do not see the reason behind not wanting that. Net neutrality is letting all of your internet services be neutral um, the same way that your public services are like your water and electricity. Um, electricity is probably a bad example because different companies, but I mean really it's a monopoly, but you only have your one electric company. They're not going to dim your lights at 5 o'clock. That, it, it's, it's, it's all equal. That's what net neutrality is. Well, and, that, and they want to do away with net neutrality. Well, that's actually a good example because as of right now uh, the internet is still classified as utility like power yes. and like water because every citizen has to have equal access right. to it. Right. And I think the thing that bothers me the most about it is, and I admit it's hard to really care that much because it's always been this way. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to kind of get people Yeah, you can't see up. the other side of it because you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. It's always been equal. It's always been <clears throat> neutral. Yeah, it's always been, oh, well, I can log on, every site seems to load the same. Right. Because it's been made to be that way. And that's that's what I think bothers me the most is people are like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It'll be good for competition. It'll be, you know, other little internet providers can do it. There's a lot of places where you have one, maybe two options. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But <clears throat> um, that, that rant is um, about net neutrality. We really wanted to, to let everyone that listens to us really see what that can possibly bring to the table if net neutrality goes away and we have to start paying for Facebook, Netflix, Amazon boosts to be able to experience them like we're currently experiencing them. Um, I don't think anybody wants to spend an extra 10 bucks a month just to be able to watch Netflix. You're already paying Netflix. Why should you have to pay more to Comcast or Spectrum or whoever? Why? Why would you need to do that? And um, that's, that's what net neutrality is about. And honest to God, bipartisan as anything I do not know why one side or one person would even want net neutrality to go away other than because they could get a kickback yeah why why it makes no sense whatsoever keep in mind these are not kickbacks that are going to fall down to a common user no 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 trickle down here no no I mean nothing's going to get sweetened for the average Joe at all Bartender, I need a beer. <laughs> but that's um, that's what net neutrality is, and um, whether whether you agree or disagree, I think everybody can agree in the big topic of net neutrality. And I don't think anybody wants to have to spend an extra ten bucks a month to get Netflix equally as uh, as anybody else. So um, I, I, I just I, I don't think net neutrality needs to fail. I think it uh, I think it needs to carry on and I think everybody needs to do whatever they can do. Phone calls, emails, whatever uh, to make sure that they don't have to pay extra money to go and, and get their internet service um, like they would their water. I mean, would you want to spend an extra 10 bucks to make sure your water was chlorinated? No, I mean, you, you're okay with those amoebas getting in your ear and going in your brain, right? So, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think we need to let that, that fail. And I'm I'm an IT guy, so that's yeah. that that's kind of that's kind of close to my heart. Well, folks, we are deep into the fourth, and I think it's about time for a little last call. But before we get to that, I am going to crack open a beer that is highly, highly sought after. Um, it's by Bell's Brewing out of good old Comstock, Michigan. It's called Black Note Stout. It's a 2017 version, and it's actually aimed. Says this on the bottle. Aimed at stout aficionados. So this is right up my alley. Oh. Um, it's supposed to taste of dark chocolate, espresso, and dried fruit. And um, it's been aged in oak bourbon barrels. So um, I am pretty, <coughs> pretty excited. And I think while you do that one, <coughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to bring up a couple of the questions we've actually had thrown at us on our social media and I've, I've debated on whether or not it'd be a good idea to say what platform they came from or 
or name names on this one. It's some I have. No, it's not, I, I'm that's some, not name names. That's that's something I debated this week, and I'm actually going there with that one. I'm not going to throw out your name on theirs, unless unless that's kind of what you want me to do. You guys get back to us on that one. So for now, uh, we'll keep this kind of anonymous as to what platform. Of course, you can reach us. Facebook, super easy. Get to us through our website at threeguysbeer.com. And Twitter, which is one of uh, you know my favorites. I hang out there a little bit too much every day. <laughs> but as Dylan pours out the Black Note Stout, uh, first one, obviously a couple people are listening because got asked by a few people, have your Super Bowl picks changed Ooh. since we brought that one up? Well, I've had a lot to drink today, and I honestly can't remember exactly who I said way back when, but I know I said New England, and I think I said the Eagles. And um, on the day that this was recorded, let's just say the Eagles did very well for themselves, and I don't even know who the Patriots play, if they have played, or if they are in their bye week. But regardless, I'm pretty confident they're going to win who they play next. So um, Uh, I still stand at Patriots-Eagles. As we record this one, the last game the Patriots played... Uh, was unfortunately uh, a week ago from recording this one. That was the Raiders, <laughs> and it, it didn't turn out so hot for my boys in yeah. the black and silver. Uh, as of recording today, uh, the Patriots put away the Dolphins rather decisively. I'm shocked. Yeah, it, but yeah, that's that's where they're standing right now. By the time this one comes out. Yeah, we're, we're a week behind, so just keep that in mind. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this one, the Vikings are getting ready to play Buffalo. Ah, don't even need to, <laughs> I mean. Hey, upsets happen. But, they do. Yeah. They do. This isn't the first week or two, and uh, this is the playoff looking looking Patriots. So. Yeah, as of recording this one, the Eagles played the well, the Eagles went uh, out on the field, and I think Chicago was in the city, but I don't think Chicago made it to the field. <laughs> they, they didn't need to. It wasn't going to matter. I hate the Eagles, and uh, they, they really just embarrassed the holy mess out of the Cowboys. And um, I, I hate the Dirty Birds, but I'm, I think I'm going to stick with my prediction of an Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl, as much as I hate to say that. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to reject what math says, and I, I think the Raiders are about to finally find their own. I, uh, firing the defensive coordinator, uh, that that's what it was from here on out. Nothing but tabs in the win section. Let me make sure that we still have a lot of utopias <laughs> left. Yeah, uh... yeah I'm, I'm about two weeks away from just needing to drink heavily, just like Del Rio is going to need to. I'm, I'm already at that point. The Cowboys, <laughs> uh, the Cowboys have done awful. Um there was an article on DallasCowboys.com recently about how we are in the worst offensive stretch we've ever been in, ever. That's not recently, that's ever. And um, it's, it's, it's really bad. Um, I know this was a question about Super Bowl and all that, so if I had to put the blame anywhere, I would say the coaching staff is probably not very good right now for our Cowboys. But moving right along, I suppose. I'm clapping. Clapping? I'm clapping. Is that good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> Ask your coaching staff. Okay, so that's... Uh, however, those who keep listening, uh, there's going to be a future podcast coming up this season where the Dallas Cowboys played at the Oakland Raiders. So that's on the horizon for all of us. Yep, about a month away. That should be what? Episode 9? Episode 8 or 9? It's going to be, uh, be episode a couple weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You'll get to hear about how, <laughs> how we go back and forth about that because... I mean, it, it may be negative scoring there. The, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. The most safeties ever recorded in a professional football game. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, look, I like Dak. I pulled for Dak last year a lot. I like him a lot. I think he's a good player. I think he needs to learn some more. But at this point, I'm kind of wishing we would just put uh, Cooper in. I think that's his name. Had I not been about to name drop him, I could have. Yeah. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Cooper. If we could just put Cooper Rush in. Damn. Uh, and I don't think he's better than Dak, but uh, he, he was really impressive during the preseason. I, I just think if we had a defense, we'd be doing better. And that's where I stand on that one. <clears throat> but, yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, so you drink that one, and uh, the, the next one's going to be super easy, I think. Uh, we had a question pop up. It says, what beer are you currently into? 
am I currently into? Yes. Well, I don't think they meant at this moment. It, but. Okay, okay. Well, it depends on how good this one is. Um, but I would have to say, and I'm not going to say Utopia as that could be obvious. I'm going to say the uh, Liquid Truth Serum IPA by Dogfish Head uh, that got me out on my hop rant earlier. That's probably the beer I'm into right now. Yeah, see, that's that's why I said this is gonna be an easy win for me because I just been I've been hanging back on macros for the last couple of weeks. Macros and uh, Dylan's homebrew have been the two majorities. Uh, I'm I'm a beer snob on a budget, bitch. So <clears throat> sorry to disappoint you there. I've, I've been hanging with the big boys. Um, just to kind of touch on that topic, not the macros, but the uh, the uh, black note uh, is really good. Holy crap, guys. Um, it tastes like hot cocoa and bitter baker's chocolate. And man, that is wow. That is good. I'm, I'm about to break my pants. Dylan's having that's, a gib gas. Yeah, no, that's that is wow. So glad we have a hot mic for him having a gib uh, That's that is really good, folks. Um, so if you ask me that again next week, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, for the purpose of this show and that question, and when it was asked, I'm just going to say liquid truth serum. But that's that's delicious. Yeah, hang on, macros. Um, last one. I, I wasn't really sure how to phrase this one, but kind uh, kind of keeping as close to as it came in. It it was essentially a question of say, you know. What do you enjoy brewing? What What do you like brewing the most? And there's a, there was a question follow up about the setup you have that you brew with the equipment. This was a more of a technical one. It kind of lost me. Well, I think you could have some input there. You do your meads. I, I do meads. Yeah. Um, which I'd, I'd be happy to get you in the the brewing so that we can have like big old brew day shindig. That is that's a that's a future endeavor I have okay. coming. I'm okay. I'm on meads right now just because they're super easy mm-hmm. and they don't require a lot of space. Yeah. I just do one gallon runs, uh, purely uh, glass carboy, uh, six and a half millimeter bung, and Man, an I'm airlock. Gonna tell you, I wish I still did gallon batches sometimes. Yeah. Uh, they they're easy. They they don't take long to clean up. And but no, um, what I like brewing, I like brewing beer. That's my answer to that. I like <laughs> brewing anything. Um, my setup, I do uh, beer in a bag. I uh, I do my mash in a bag. I don't use a three vessel system. Um, because I don't think it's necessarily going to make the beer any better. Um, I got into a lengthy conversation about this recently. Um, is the beer going to be better if I upgrade to a different fermenter? No. Um, a fermenter is a fermenter. If, if it's a good, clean fermenter and you don't have an infection in the fermenter, it's going to be good. Uh, I use plastic buckets. I've actually been thinking about going to a steel fermenter here recently, a conical fermenter. Um, but yeah, I do um, brew in a bag. I do uh, plastic bucket fermenters. I um, have a 50-foot immersion chiller. I don't want to go to a plate chiller because I don't want to have to deal with the possibility of an infection because they can clog up. Um, I don't like counterflow chillers for the same reason. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. Got a 20-gallon kettle. I do um, full-volume brews, uh, boils. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> See, there you go. Like I said, mine right now is just really basic just because mine are a lot of experiments and with with meads especially if you want to give them the love they deserve it's it's a pretty patient endeavor uh this is actually something i started last year and the first of them or no i guess back at the first of this year uh, mm-hmm. i started them and it the first of them still aren't ready yet because mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really essentially nothing more than a honey wine and like any wine you got to have a lot of spare time on your hands. And yeah. That's that's kind of why I hang with the glass carboys right now. It gives me a one-gallon capacity, and I can keep a really close eye on it, see how the East Bed's building. Uh, it's just a lot of control on a very small scale. I like that for now. Uh, here in the next few months, I'm actually going to branch out over towards Melamel, start uh, introducing fruit infusions into my mead, which, you know, by twenty late 2018, those will be ready. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, it's just... Mead, I think, is a really good uh, introductory step before you get into full-scale beer brew. So. Yeah, I gotta tell you, man, uh, more power to you because I did a, uh, uh, I did a uh, cider, and it was awful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I could have let it sit and get better with time, but I got impatient because 
I keg. I, I didn't mention that in my setup. I keg. I have taps. I have a keyser. And I put it on tap, and week one, awful. Week two, not any better. Week three, well, it might be drinkable. And I let it sit for months, and I finally I dumped it out because that's valuable space in my, my keyser. So um, I did dump that out. I'm, I'm not a big cider guy anyway. I kind of did that for the wife. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's my story. Any more questions? Or are we done? No, that's that's all we have for that, this week. Because okay. the uh, the bartender's throwing ice cubes at me. So. <laughs> nah, that uh, maybe because of one of your opinions so far. I'm just afraid he's going to get one of those scotch ice balls <laughs> oh, and start that, throwing those. Uh, Major League Baseball shoulder he's got there. But, <laughs> no, that's just it. If you have any more questions you want to throw at us, please hit us up on our website, threeguysbeer.com. Check us out at Three Guys Beer on Twitter, Three Guys Beer Reviews, Facebook. Let us know what you think. Tell us your opinions, whether it be on the, the kneeling story, net neutrality. We really enjoy hearing back from you. And I promise you, at least one of us reads every single thing you send in. Even if your grammar is absolutely horrible and I have to piece back together the thought that you had, I just assume you had a few as we were having a few on the happy hour and you got a little too deep into it like we do sometimes. So I promise you, it will be reviewed. We will look at it. We're going to read every one of them. Thanks for everybody who's given us feedback. Thank you guys for your kind reviews and ratings on iTunes. So now that uh, I've expressed my absolute glee at those who are interacting with us, uh, handlebar staring me down now. Thanks. So I'm pretty sure he's about to get out one of those big bulb molds and start throwing those big chunks. So guys, we're gonna get out of here. Thanks for everybody on Twitter, on Facebook. On uh, Instagram, on uh, YouTube. Thanks for all the subscriptions and likes and follows. And we're going to get out of here because I don't have any more money. That's all for happy hour. Happy hour is over. You, where's that finger been? <laughs>